Good morning, my name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We are glad that you have joined us by uh, this particular uh, way of media, Zoom, and uh, also through Facebook and, and other means, uh, the website. We're glad you're here. I've got an important word from the Lord today. I believe that I pray you'll be encouraged today and those here in this congregation. I pray you're doing well. We were just talking about just a moment before we, before we went on this particular taping and that was a lot of losses that people we were going through. <clears throat> and a lot of things have happened in the last two years. And maybe in your life as you watch, you could say over your lifetime many things have happened. Maybe they didn't turn out the way that you thought they would. We were just talking about the fact of how faithful our God is. And I pray today that you would see God's faithfulness. And so how do we get in touch with God? How is it that we can obviously really relate to Him that is through prayer? And his presence in our lives. So I pray today that you would experience him. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your, your truth. Thank you again that we can come together, share the word of God, share our lives together. And I just pray today people would be encouraged in this church, this sanctuary, but also those who will be watching at this present time, but also in the future. We ask for your anointing. We ask you to fill us. And we ask you to speak. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We need you. We welcome you, Father, into this place. We want you. We yearn for you. And we want to know you. And so speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our text comes from Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. And it is, the title is, How to Pray in Faith. You want your prayers answered if you're praying in faith. How is it you can pray in faith? I'm going to talk about how important faith is. But I'm going to talk about how, obviously, a way that obviously we can cooperate with God and partner with God to see things happen in our lives and our families' lives and our communities and across this nation called the United States of America. So I want you to be encouraged as we, uh, as we share from the Word of God. So let's read it together as Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Amen. Speak to this mountain. Many of us today, I'm sure, have mountains in our lives, things that we feel like there's no way that I can overcome it. There's no way that I can go through it. But what God is saying here is that our faith should be in a place where we can say, in this situation, be thrown, be cast out of my life, and you'll be able to go through that particular adversity or whatever mountain you may face in your life. And I guarantee you, if you ever see a show of hands today, everybody in this place is facing some sort of mountain in their lives. But our God, God says, you pray. We can move that mountain in relationship to Him. We can move those things, and we can go through those things with the victory I want to tell you how to do that today. It's very important. Because prayer is essential and foundational to our relationship with our God. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, sometimes we think, well, my house should be called a house of fellowship. Uh, certainly, my house should be, be called a, a place of good teaching or a place where we come together and, and just kind of group together and grow with one another all of those things are true but foundationally 
Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, then we know it's very important, don't we, that prayer is very important. I want to tell you today, be encouraged in the sense that sometimes we feel like, I can't pray, I can't do this, and I can't do that. In fact, what happens, as we've mentioned before, is we pray, and we pray over a period of time, and we don't see anything necessarily happening instantaneously, and what do we do? We give up many times. God is saying, don't give up. I heard you the first time you opened your mouth. I knew before you even asked the prayer. It says he knows what's on our heart, doesn't he? And so be encouraged in the fact. I want you to be confident when you come before our Heavenly Father. And I want to show you as we talk about these things how to do it. And so obviously, how do we solve the mess that we've got here in, the, in America? How is it we can do that? Can we get better political leaders? Certainly. We all need. They're all human beings. Can we do that? Can we, we solve some of the issues that we saw We've seen over the years and so forth by uh, doing this and so forth. All those things are good. And we need to participate in our government, okay? You want to you get together. You want to go in and participate and voice the things, the morals that the Word of God tells us. And somehow, obviously, that, that, let that influence those people that we elect or put into office. Because they hold a, a great power over us. And then we need to pray for those in authority, the Bible says. But how is it ultimately we're going to solve this mess here in America. I'll tell you how. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says it this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray. If my people. You see, we are God's people. He is looking at you and I and the church house of what we will actually put as a priority. And how my people will pray. And you say, well, I'm not sure that I'm making any difference as far as what I see. In fact, sometimes when I pray, it looks like things get worse. And yes, sometimes that is the case. But actually, God is always working. He is never inactive. He's always working behind the scenes to work it out. And you've got to believe it today. Because it's actually that our faith that moves the heart of God. But what we do is we pray a couple times. And again, we don't see anything happen. So we stop praying. And sometimes I believe that we stop just short of God answering the prayer in a way that really would move those mountains from our, our lives and from maybe our country also. And so obviously uh, we need to uh, pray and we need to pray like we never have before. So why don't Christians pray? And we sometimes, like I said, tried it. We don't seem to get any results. And we just say, this is not working. And so we give up. And we kind of walk away from it, don't we? We don't see it. We're not disciplined. You know, the Christian life is a life of discipline. We discipline ourselves in those things. And so we do the things that are most important to us, okay? My thing is I get up in the morning and fix my coffee. That's important. I sit down and I pray at that particular time. Sometimes I turn on the news and so forth. I have a time where I get alone and I, I'll pray and talk to the Lord. So I have that time. Now, it's at various times. I think we do need to schedule times. But certainly, that is very important today. And you know what? The days that I have forgotten that or maybe gotten busy because I've overscheduled myself and then I've gotten into my day, I've found out that my day doesn't go as good as it does when I pray. Anybody ever experienced that? I mean, I can tell you every day. When I'm not prayed, then everything goes haywire. Now, sometimes I won't relate it to the fact that I have not prayed, but if I really look at it closely, I'll realize I didn't pray. And you know, you think, well, you're not praying like a preacher necessarily. Or you think of my prayers correct theologically and so forth. You know, God just wants that relationship with you and I. 
and it's his sons and daughters, he's just saying, talk to me. So prayer is talking and communicating with God. And so he's saying, don't look for sometimes the instantaneous, although we need to expect answers. But he said, be confident that we know as we pray in his will, as we heard last week, that we have what we ask for. We are praying in his will. And so today we're praying by faith. And it's important to understand because <clears throat> obviously unanswered prayer, obviously, certainly it could be uh, uh, the issue of unbelief. It's just not believing. And, you know, unbelief is something that will, I believe, hinder our prayers. Certainly it will. Biblically, we know that today, that that's something. Uh, but we know that the disciples couldn't understand why their prayers didn't work. And so they asked Jesus why their prayers were not answered. And Jesus gave them the reason for it in Scripture. And he said this. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. He said, but because of your unbelief. He says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. A mustard seed are one of the smallest seeds that there are out there. Very small. And you may sit here, be sitting here today and say, my faith is about that same size and, and all. But he says, according to the word of God, that you can obviously go through adversities with that so-called little mustard seed of faith. And you can move things out of your way through your prayer life that you never would otherwise. You've got to realize this is not about us. It's about how big our God is. And yes, we need to have strong faith and we need to have big faith faith but it's not necessarily foundational it's how big God is and everybody in here can say that God is our big God amen you can say I know God is a big God and I know God can do this and sometimes it takes that very matter to verbally and audibly say I know my God can get me through this amen and make that declaration that I believe God and I will not be moved. I will not budge from this place. I will fulfill what God has called me to do. The devil's telling you to give up. Throw in the towel on your Christian walk because it's not working. Your prayer life is not working. And you're saying, no, I'm going to keep praying because I right now know my God hears me. And I'm confident that he's listening and he will answer my prayers. You keep on praying today. I pray God would impart that to your life. Stir your spirit up to say, I'm not giving up on these things. Somebody is not getting saved. And you keep praying and keep praying. Doesn't look like it. Looks like to me they're going in the opposite direction. And you keep on praying. Do not give up. Because sometimes, again, God, it's at the end of a person's life that that person finally comes to the reality of knowing that they're a sinner in need of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. It may take that today. Don't give up. We give up way too easily. Also, we know there are times when Jesus connected answer prayer with a person's faith. In Mark chapter 5, in verse 34, it says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And obviously, remember, there's similar words to blind Bartimaeus there and all. And he says, according to your faith, let it be to you faith. Again, faith is where it's at. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because we have to believe that he is who he says he is and he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible, you see. And it's impossible to obviously end those things because we don't believe we're going to get any answers to begin with. We give up. You've got to believe. Keep on. I'm going to share with you. You say, how do I conjure that up? I mean, how do I do work that up to stay in that? Real easy, I'm going to show you in just a minute. Five points. First point here is faith is essential for effective prayer. 
Listen to this. In Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Believe that? Whatever is not from faith is sin. And you go, whoa, there's a lot out there that could be sin, definitely. But this is what the Word of God says. So faith, evidently, in God's sight is very, very important in that. And so we need to understand how that faith in our lives and how that works, you say. Because if not, what we will do is we'll just get into sort of a religious mode and just say prayers. We'll just go through the motions because basically what we're saying is, is that obviously uh, we're just repeating because we have a habit of praying or whatever it may be or whatever the situation. And that's what obviously gets us, uh, uh, we don't get the answers like what we would like. But prayer is real interaction with God. Interaction. He's here right now. God is here in our midst right now. He's here. When I invite him, the Holy Spirit, and I invite the Father and welcome him here, he's very well. He obviously responds to that, not because of who I am, obviously, but because of who he is. You see, I need him. And I need him to come and speak to y'all because I'm just a man. I'm just a vessel. And yes, I share God's word. But ultimately, anything that will change your life in this place today will be because the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and your life and changes you. I deliver what God has shared with me. And I pray that God would use it and anoint it to, to obviously change my life and your life. But ultimately, we need God. And so my communication with him is, Lord, come and move in this place. The Pharisees, if you remember here, they were just saying prayers. They obviously, their motive was not right. They were not actually communicating with God. They were simply going through the motions of a religious activity. In Matthew chapter 6, listen to what Jesus said. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. Go in and talk to your Father. He's a tender Father. We've shared about Romans chapter 8. Abba Father, He's very, very tender with us. He's our Papa. He's our Daddy God. He's very, very close. He's with you right now. He's there. And I'll sometimes just sit and not say a word. And I can sense God's presence. And it changes me because we're changed in the presence of God. It's because of God that my heart is changed and because of your heart's changed. And so when you pray, we've got to know we're communicating with God. We're talking to Him. And He's listening. And I want to tell you, He really listens too. He loves for us to pray, doesn't He? Everybody, I'm sure, would, would agree with that. But Jesus is focusing here, obviously, on the motives, the issue of their motives, just saying prayer. And they were obviously trying to look good in front of the people, weren't they? You know, I can stand up here all day long and try to look good in front of the people. We've got a captive audience, right? But it's of no avail if my motive's not right. Am I talking to my Father? Am I talking and asking Him, believing that He will answer my prayers? Don't give up because you haven't had immediate prayer. Uh, immediate answers to that obviously we're not satisfying just religious duty by being here we want to know God amen 
I had counseled by a pastor some time ago, and you know, I thought he was, he told me, he said, I'm a, you know how I do. He said, I listen to the Lord, and then, you know, I'll pray for you, I'll pray. You know, I said, I understand that. That's the way I operate. And he said, the one thing I thought he was going to give me some kind of principles to go by, that you need to do this, 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 and this, and so forth, and all that. And he said, no. He said, Jim, get along with the Lord and tell God that you want to know him, that you want to know him. You know, the more you know him, the more you love him. God wants us to know him as our Heavenly Father. He wants us to know He's not a distant God. He's not out there. He's not that God up there with a big stick that every time we mess up, He's ready to bap us. No, He's a loving God. He's a Father to us. Obviously, even fathers, earthly fathers should be examples, but they don't even come close to our Heavenly Father. But He wants us to know that. Why? So we can have confidence that what we pray for, that God is going to answer those prayers. He may say yes, and He'll answer it. Or he may answer it in a different way. Or he may say no. Or he may say wait. We know the old expressions. Yes, no, or he may say wait. But he hears us. And he has a way of really touching your heart when you begin to pray. He's going to change your life. I believe every person in here today hearing this and those watching, are going to, lives are going to change as a result of their prayer life. And I pray that God would release a spirit of prayer in this place. I say a spirit of worship and prayer. And God would change your heart in a way like you've never known before. You see, prayer is a privilege. It's a privilege, amen? It is a privilege. We're talking to the creator of the universe, the one that holds it all together, the one who spoke and the stars and everything went into the exact place that they're supposed to go. We sometimes look on TV and the scientists are saying, oh, we've got, we've got this particular planet coming this way or a particular meteorite and so forth. You've heard those things, haven't you? And you're going, oh my goodness, how far is it going to miss us and so forth and all that. You see, our guy is in perfect control. God is not going to let anything come. If he does, then, then we, we'll go to heaven. There's a reason for it. But our God is in complete control of the way everything is spinning around the sun. Everything, exactly, in the orbits that he has placed it in. Everything is said there. He's named all the stars. They all have names to them. Isn't that amazing? And there are trillions and trillions and trillions of stars all over. And you see the, the Milky Way is only one of the galaxies. Think about it. There are billions and billions of galaxies beyond the Milky Way. And we know how big the Milky Way is. We're talking about the creator of the universe that you can have a relationship and communicate with and ask him, can he do these things? Nothing is impossible with our God. Okay, And he wants us. You see, he loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for our sins that we could live in eternity with him throughout eternity. And eternity really is where it's at. This life of 60, 70, 80 years, what, 90 years, whatever it is, it is nothing compared to eternity. My two friends, both of them are in the presence of the Lord. They understand more now because they're in eternity. They understand what eternity is. They've seen Jesus They've actually talked him, to him face to face. And they've actually communed with him. They know they're completely healed. There's no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more death. None of those things are there because they're with the Lord. They have run their race. They fought the good fight of faith. And they're home now. We should look at life, obviously, from that perspective. Yes, we love this life here. But we're not hunkered down here. We have this time to, to commune with the creator of the universe right now. You believe that? You've got to reflect on that because that's kind of some heavy stuff. We can talk to him. He wants us to talk to him because it is a privilege. We need to come to God believing him. Why? 
It's because he loves us. Not because, hey man, I just messed up yesterday, okay? Jim, you don't know. Look at what I did. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I certainly am not praying like I should. And look at all these things. And God is saying, no, no, just come to me as you are. Don't try to clean your act up. Come to me. Talk to me now. Once you begin to talk to me, he begins to do something like a cleansing in your heart that you can't do on your own. Because what do we do? We try to fleshly work it out. But he says, come to me just like you are. It's important to understand faith, believing him. It's very important. The second point here is faith relies on our relationship with God through Christ here. It, relates, it actually relies upon that. You know, we've got to know God is not stingy. Believe he's stingy and he's holding out on you. You may be in a hard place right now. And yes, we've all been there. Or maybe if we haven't, we will be. Or we are right now, one or the other. But he's not stingy. He's actually uh, very, very plenteous in what he wants to give us. Listen to there in Luke chapter 12. It says that it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What? Give you the kingdom? It's his good pleasure to give you the, the, the kingdom. We have an inheritance already in heaven. We have an inheritance. You know, when my father uh, passed, went home to be with the Lord, my brother and I, we had just the two of us. We had, he, my dad had just a little bit, not much, just a little bit. And he took and said, you boys split it, you know, half and half. My brother was very good about that. We didn't squabble. My brother, you know, loved my brother. And we did that. And, and we had that inheritance. And, you know, we put it towards things that we were, we needed at that particular time and so forth and all. And it was nice. Thank you, Lord. But do you realize the inheritance that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you realize how rich that is? Do you understand how awesome that is? He said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I love this. He says, since God is for us, who can be against us? If everybody is against you and me right now, Basically, if God is for you, it doesn't make any difference. If the world is against you, if your neighbors are against you, if your family's against you, if the devil's against you, it doesn't make any difference. He says, since he's for us, who can be against us? Basically, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how much more, listen to this, along with him, will he give us all things? I believe we have an inheritance that we can never, ever imagine. And so this father we're talking about is a very, very plenteous father, a, a, a God of plenty that wants to bless you and me. And you think, well, I've gone through some hard times and things, I didn't know how to go, went, go that way. But God Almighty has something in store for you and I continually. And you know, in this life, God's blessed me. And obviously, we know that a lot of people, if they live in poverty or anything else, and, and that's, that's, that's tough and so forth, but God takes care of their needs. He takes care of people. I remember reflecting upon the fact in doing hospice over the years. I went in on a lot of people that were street people. And people, uh, they needed hospice. Somehow, somebody got a hold of us and, and said, hey, you know, we've got a terminally ill person living on the streets. He really doesn't have anything at all. And we would go in, and it would be just that person, okay? And I would go in praying. I said, Lord, who's going to take care of this man or woman? Who's going to take care of him? 
And you know what? I, I would I'd try to figure it out and so forth. And we'd be praying that somebody would come on the scene. And do you know what? And all the people that I saw over all those years and the number of people that I, I knew that had, didn't have anything, somebody would show up to take care of that person. That person was always taken care of. Did they have as much as I did? No. Do I have as much as someone else? No. But he took care of them. He will take care of us. He is a father of plenty, and he wants you to know that. And talk to him, love him, and praise him. That's why we love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay. So, obviously, we've got to understand his willingness. He's not holding out on you. He's actually wanting to give you the kingdom according to the word of God. He's not holding out. You've got to know who he is because it's a real relationship, okay? Obviously, we need to know him. I believe God will answer my prayer because of who he is and my relationship with him. Not because of me and all my junk in my life. Not because of you. Not because we feel like we're all over the board in our spiritual walk with the Lord or whatever it may be. But because of who he is. He's steadfast. And he says, I'm going to take care of you. He said, all I want you to come to me. Depend upon me. Because I want you to know me. I want you to know me more than you would ever want to know me. And that's who our God is, a God of plenty. You remember in John chapter 14, Jesus said, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in his Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. So what does it mean to ask in, in Jesus' name? It's some kind of magical trick in Jesus' name and so forth. No, what it is is actually an expression of your relationship with your Father. It's not, hey, tag on the end in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden, like the genie in the bottle, that you're going to get what you want. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that actually it's in that relationship with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For Jesus' sake, I'm coming to you today. Obviously. It is. Obviously, faith is essential to effective prayer. But that raises the question, is how do we operate in this faith? Here we get into the nitty-gritty. How do we operate in this faith so that our prayers are answered here? If we ask in faith then we know we'll have what we have. So how do we get that place? Don't everybody want to know that, okay? This is important here. And so my part, uh, part of the answer is understanding and resting in the, the, the second part that I want to talk about here. First of all, is you've got to know what our relationship with our Heavenly Father according to the Word of God. You have a relationship. Everybody, if you're saved, you're sitting here today or you're watching this today, you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, whether or not you realize it or not. If you're a child of God, you will never be unadopted. You'll never be, obviously, cast aside. You've been born again. If you've been born again, you're saved. You will forever be God's child, okay? Can't come and go into the kingdom of God if you're saved, truly saved. And so you've got to know your relationship with God is based on Scripture. And then ponder these facts in our hearts so that faith is cultivated on these facts. And then come to God in prayer, expecting to receive from his goodness think about it think about your relationship with God think about that he's a good father think about the fact of what he did for you that he's taking care of you that he sent Jesus in the world you didn't save get saved you didn't all of a sudden just come to God you came because somehow he revealed himself to you there had to be a revelation in your heart and your heart got quickened realizing you were a sinner and that you needed Jesus Christ in your life you didn't all of a sudden, oh, I, need, I heard about this God. And, and, you know, these people down the street were talking about God. And I'm getting older, so I need to obviously have fire insurance. No. You came because God drew you. 
because he, he reached out and touched your heart. See, he initiated this whole thing. And so when you reflect upon how good God is, what does that do? That generates and stirs faith in your heart to believe him. If he did that for you, how much more along with him will he give you all things? And it stirs faith in your heart. And so faith rises up and says, my God, I answered this prayer. I need this and help me, Lord. Help me with this. I don't know how you're going to answer it, but I'm asking you, Lord, for your help in this. And you can believe that God is going to answer your prayers. Isn't this good stuff? He will do that. That's how you pray in faith. It generates faith. You see, obviously, he gives everybody in the book of Romans a measure of faith. He gives you a measure. We have to exercise that faith and believe God because unbelief stifles what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. If you don't believe that God can do anything in your life and that God has abandoned you because you just blew it this past week or whatever, or maybe you didn't do this or do that, which you feel like, and you heap condemnation on you, which that's not of the Lord, then basically, then you come, I don't have any God, confidence that God's going to do anything. But see, God's saying, I want you to have confidence, the creator of the universe. The third point here is faith must be rooted in the heart. You remember Mark chapter 11. On the way from Bethany to Jerusalem, Jesus was hungry. In the distance that he could see a green fig tree. And fig trees first form their fruit and then the leaves. And everybody knows that. So that he had every reason to expect figs on the tree. But when he got to the tree, there were no figs. And Jesus spoke a curse over the tree. That's a lot of explanation about who that, what the curse was. And what that tree actually was sim- symbolic of. We won't go into that. But they went on to Jerusalem. And Jesus drove the money changers, remember, out of the temple. And the next morning, Jesus and the disciples are walking back to Bethany when they pass the fig tree again. He's cursed the fig tree, going to Jerusalem, they're coming back. And remember what happened there. Peter was shocked to see that Jesus' prayer is already answered. Remember, the tree was withered. And the tree had dried up and withered. And Jesus gave this instruction concerning prayer. Very important. Mark chapter 11, again. So Jesus answered again, the one we read earlier, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain will be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in, in his heart, but for, believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Peter's shocked. Boy, things happened already, right? He believed, you see. In verse 22, first of all, Jesus tells us where our faith has got to be. Have faith in God. Have you ever heard anybody say, and they go, you'll say, do you have faith? And they go, yeah, I have faith. And you begin to explore a little bit deeper, and you say, well, what do you have faith in? Well, I have faith in faith. I have faith in faith. Some people have faith in themselves and say, I can get myself out of this particular mess I'm twisted up in. Well, you have faith? You have faith in faith. You ever heard that? I have faith in this and I have faith in that. When you hear people say it, boy, that catches us because, you know, it's a good thing. But who do they have faith in? The question is, who do they have faith in? Do they have faith in God? Or do they just have faith because of faith? Obviously, everybody grows up saying, got to have faith, got to have faith. And so it's important to understand that, you see. Have faith in what? So... It says here, that person has faith in God, has the right to decide what he will do. He, he obviously, God is, is saying that person, God, he's not a divine vending machine that you can place your faith, your faith coins in and, and pull the lever and get your answers. Prayer is a relationship. 
It's knowing God. When you pray for, obviously, I know you pray for certain things, and I pray for this. I've, I've used this as an example because I, like, I love Ferraris. I love Ferraris. Everybody knowing how much a Ferrari costs in this place? It's uh, four to 500000 Okay. <laughs> I just like them. They sound good. I was out here on 518 getting on 45 one day, and this, it looked like a young lady came up, and I heard the Ferrari because it has a certain sound. And I listened, and I said, that's a Ferrari somewhere around here, and here she comes. And I don't know how old she is. She's probably, you know, in her 30s or whatever. And I thought, dang, how'd she get a Ferrari like that? That thing was... And so I pulled up in my uh, Camry, okay? I got in behind her, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep up with it. I'm going to pull on on that. Well, she left me in dust, okay? When she got on 45, she was gone, and she was out of sight before I could even blink an eye. I just like Ferraris. So I'd say, Lord, uh, you know, I want this Ferrari. I'd like to have a Ferrari, okay? I'd like to have Ferrari and all. So, but knowing, and I joke with the Lord sometimes about that, knowing I know that's not God's will. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. But in my relationship with him, he obviously knows that I need to be prudent with my, with our, my finances, Cindy's and our finances and so forth. And so what I'd ask for that, I'd know down in my heart, I ain't going to get a Ferrari, all right? I know it's not right, okay? And that's true. See, you've got to pray in his will. You know, when you get in a relationship and you know God in that manner, you'll know what his will is. And you know that what you can pray for, he says, you'll have what you've asked for. And so it's in relationship with that. I have a relationship with the Lord. You do. I do. And I know, Lord, come on. Lord, so, so Lord, I don't quite want a uh, Ferrari, but some time ago, if you remember back in the uh, 70s, there was uh, Toyota came out with uh, what's called a Celica. You know? It was there at that particular time. I could, I could get that Cindy and I had one his little hatchback and gave us good gas good service and so forth well they came up here some time ago with BMW and Toyota put their heads together and came up with what's called a Supra which is part uh, spinoff of the Celica and the Supra is not as expensive as a uh, Ferrari but it's still expensive you know it's more than what I want to pay for but, you know, I go in the Toyota showroom if I need service and so forth. I look at that thing. It's real shiny. It's real pretty. It's got the nice seats. It's a sports car. Always wanted that and so forth. But you see, on my heart and my relationship with the Father, even though it's much less expensive than that Ferrari, I know it's not God. He could do it. He could do it. But I know it's not in that sense, you see. Do you get the picture? You're praying because of relate. You know down your heart. That's not... Obviously, saying God can't do it and not that God obviously won't. But what is it I want in my life and what do you want in your life? You know what I want in my life? I want a closer walk with Jesus. I want a closer walk with Him. I want to hear His voice 24-7. I want to walk. You see, that's what I want. And I believe with all my heart that is His will because that's relationship. Now, he takes care of me, and he's blessed me. I have a wonderful red car out here. Love it, okay? And it obviously good to gas my love. It's just like I want and, and so forth. But what I want really is that relationship, a closeness of walking with Jesus. That's what he's saying here. And he goes on to say in verse 23, it does not doubt in his heart. The heart's where the real action is. 
The heart is considered to be the center part of your being. That's the center part. The Bible says, obviously, be careful about the heart because it's the wellspring of life. Your innermost, protect that innermost part of your being. It is the wellspring of life. So, <clears throat> you got to start with, first of all, believing God can, can help you with the situation you're in. Or maybe a particular need that you know. Lord, it's something I really need. I'm going to talk to you about it. I believe it's your will and so forth. So you've got to ponder the fact, first of all, that obviously that this is something, God, you can do this. And then what happens? He touches your heart and you begin to ask. And you ask. And eventually, here comes the answer. That's faith. It's pondering what God can do and believing him here. And so I know who I am in Christ and what my relationship with God is. You see, you realize today who you are in Christ? You know how you have the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit? You believe that? He had the same spirit in you and me that raised Christ from the dead. Is that not? He's not a powerful, powerful uh, spirit. And he's, he's a person. He's not at it. He's not some kind of nebulous type of spirit. Out here. He is a person. He lives within us. He's with us. He helps us along the way. We can lean on him. We can talk to him. We can have a relationship with him. And he says these things are available to believers if we believe it. We need to know, I talked about some time ago, the phileo, love of God. Experiential love of God. Haven't you been and you've just been touched by the presence of the Lord? You go, wow, goodness me. Or maybe you've seen something really pretty and maybe your heart goes, wow. And you experience, this is the love of God revealing these things to you. Have you ever just been downtrodden and you feel like I'm really dry? I feel like, hey, I'm going to continue on. And all of a sudden, wow, my heart is open. It's the final, it's knowing God, our Heavenly Father, the one who spoke creation into existence. Romans 10, 8, 9, but what does it say here? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What does he say? If you confess with your mouth. Can everybody in here say, Jesus is Lord? Everybody in here? Can you say it with me? Jesus is Lord. Amen. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. What does he say? You shall be saved. Isn't that good news? You confess today. You say, Jesus is Lord. And God is saying today that you know it's unto salvation. It's the word. So you confess that stuff. And so praying in faith involves a mouth. So in other words... It comes out through your mouth because the Bible says uh, that if you believe these things that come, they're in your heart, they're going to come out. If you've got a bad heart, then the bad stuff's going to come out. If you've got a heart that God is working on and purifying, then things that are good will come out. It's the, obviously where the issues of life are. So they come out in that way. Verse 23 says, but believes that those things, he says, will be done. He believes in his heart, not just in his head. For that, obviously, to happen, we need revelation. Now, what if God gave me revelation about that Ferrari? Okay. And I mean, I really heard from God. And it wasn't just my kind of like, man, I really like this and so forth. But God spoke to me and said, Jim, I want to give you a Ferrari. I really heard it in my heart. And I know that I heard God, okay, his voice. Because you can hear voice, God's voice. And he said, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you this Ferrari and, and all. Then what does that mean? That means I'll get that Ferrari. That cake comes what? By revealing or revelation. And so faith is that revelation. Okay. I've had revelation at various times. 
I remember Cindy when she had breast cancer. It was back in 2010. Some of you remember that. And uh, the, the doctor said, uh, you have the Osama bin Laden of cancer, which we know that was bad, okay? It had already gone into the lymph system and began to transfer and go throughout her body. And so we went, oh gosh, it floored us because we knew that wasn't good. And we had one, a good oncologist that worked with her on it. And I, oh gosh. And so I was praying for her one morning. And the Lord spoke to me and said that she was going to be healed. And I went, oh my gosh, I heard. I knew I heard. It wasn't my mind. It wasn't something that I'd conjured up that I wanted. I really believed that I heard the Lord. And I, I just, my heart was quickened. It was revelation that God had given me. So I didn't tell Cindy for some time because I'm like, I kept going, Lord, um, I, I believe you here. I, I'm, I'm going to step out in faith. I heard, heard you. And so finally I told Cindy, and Cindy said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah, as much as I know. And then I'd come back. She'd come back to me sometime later. She goes, are you sure? Are you sure? I go, yeah, I'm sure. And then we had people praying for her and laying hands on her and so forth. Different things were happening. And of course, it came to pass. That's revelation. When God reveals it to your heart, you know God's saying you can pray with confidence that these things are going to come to pass. He wants to have, give you revelation. You read the word, but you've got to ponder on his faithfulness. You've got to open the word of God and obviously uh, seek him, know him and all because it's a relationship. But he speaks and I speak. But first I speak to him, he speaks back. He talks to us. He will talk to you if you talk to him. He wants his children to know his voice. He's not trying to sort of hide over here and so forth and go, yeah, and then jump out and say, I got you. Uh-uh. He wants you to know his voice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we speak, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For, they, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it's written, eyes not seen, nor ears heard, nor entered the heart into men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's saying here today, there are things, obviously, God uh, cannot be known, known, obviously, if all you're saying and using the five natural senses. The five natural senses. This comes through our spirit man. This is supernatural. There are things that you can know as God reveals them to you because supernaturally he speaks down deep in your innermost being. Isn't that good news? And he wants to. He's not stingy. Remember, you've got to know he's not stingy. That he's a God of plenty. We've got to know. Eyes not seen. Think about it. Nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's got to be great. You know, I can't, I, I can't imagine. I can't see that much. I can't hear that much of what God has prepared for us. But that revelation's got to come, and he wants to. So the things which God has prepared for those, it is revelation. The fourth thing is faith comes by hearing and, the word of, and hearing by the word of God. The hearing needs to happen in our heart. You can sit here and, in, and hear me preach a sermon intellectually and say, yeah, yeah, and all, uh, and nothing happened in your life. It has to be when it actually goes and penetrates your heart. You've got to realize, even you sit here today, maybe you're saying, I want to hear from you, Lord. 
Jim's talking about this stuff, and it's biblical. He's reading scripture that definitely we know is the truth, the word of God. I want to hear from you, Lord. I want this. I want some of that. And God begins to work. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason why a lot of people obviously are out here, they're on the streets, they're doing everything. They're at chemo with the big boats. They're doing all this kind of stuff right now. And they're not hearing the word of God. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, God can touch them in any way that he wants to, but he uses the word of God to touch us. You're hearing the word of God today. And so as you listen to me, listen, obviously, most of all to the Lord. Listen to what God's saying to you. Begin to ponder what God is speaking to you right now. It's not what I say necessarily. I'm just a vessel. But God speaks through the word of God as that's presented. Think what God's saying to you. This is not just a religious routine we're going through, folks. This is actually encountering the Lord and knowing what he says because then what happens? It says faith will come in your heart and you can believe God for those prayers that you're answering, that asking, and you have not heard the answers yet. You've not seen them yet. The fifth thing is faith comes by hearing again and hearing by the word of God. And so we need to open our hearts to the Father and believe him because obviously we can pray believing. And so we can take the word of God into our minds, just what we're doing today. And Romans chapter 10 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they not believe? And how shall they believe in him whom they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Okay, you go, with Jim, Jim, you're the preacher. No, you all are preachers. All of us are preachers. You know that? I have a particular calling here. You got a calling to preach the, the gospel, the good news to, to people who don't know you. And so when you, why when you come, you're sitting in church, you're listening to a preacher, and obviously if you don't allow the word of God to penetrate your heart, you don't open your heart to it, then obviously you're not going to receive that revelation. You know, when I listen, I love to hear good preachers, okay? I love to sit in the back row and listen to the preachers, okay? When I went to the conference recently, I loved that I hung on every word that the preacher was saying. Now, I knew he's a human vessel, and I knew he's, he's a man like I am, but he's preaching the Word of God. And so I want to hear the Word of God. I love listening and allowing the Word of God to change my heart to a preacher who's preaching truth. I love that. I listen so intently with that. I don't want anybody disturbing me. The first day I was there at the conference, I was sitting around someone that in the back, a couple of people were there behind us, and they were, they were making good comments about what the man was saying, but it was distracting me because I needed to hear every word that that man was saying because he was speaking the word of God because I knew faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what happened was is I took, when the next time another session came, I went to another place. They were talking too much. It wasn't that they were, obviously, in that sense. They were talking good stuff. I could hear it. But I was being distracted from hearing God speak the word because God speaks, when he speaks that word, I want to hear. I want it to grasp it. I want it to penetrate my heart. And you see, what happened as a result of those two days there, I came out of that place encouraged, and I came out of there with my faith built up, and I came out of there with a new vision. I came out of there with renewal in my life to be what God's called me to be. That's what it's about. I don't come in here. I could sit back there and listen to a preacher here and so forth. God's called me in this place, but I can sit wherever. But I want to hear the word of God. 
I love to hear that. And I want to hear everything that is being said. Not just in my natural ears, but in my spiritual ears. God is saying, is that true? We can put more confidence in God, in what God says, than what our natural senses um, tell us. Remember about the fig tree? Jesus cursed the fig tree because, again, it is symbolic of Israel. And he's saying they basically rejected Jesus. They say, you're not the Messiah. We've been waiting for the Messiah. Jews are still waiting for the Messiah. There are a lot of Jews that are coming to Jesus and realizing that, they, that we've all crucified the Messiah. We all took part in that in reality, if you think about it. But the Jews were the people that God came to. And they nailed Jesus to a cross. And they said, you're not the Messiah. So they're still waiting on the first coming of the Messiah. But many, in the meantime, now, of that particular race are coming to Jesus Christ. And they're now called their Messianic Jews. They're coming and they realize Jesus has come. The Messiah has come. And so when Jesus said he cursed that fig tree and, and all, he was being rejected and by Israel, the ones that he came to, they didn't recognize that. They weren't thankful. They hung him on that cross here. But in talking about that, if you remember, the tree didn't wither immediately. It took a, a while in that. And it talks about that. And so Mark tells us specifically how that actually happened. And so he comes along here. And if you, he says here, if you're going to get what you can see here, then you can conclude that the prayer didn't get answered. In other words, when he first cursed the tree... They looked and went, mm, nothing happened. But when they came back, they saw the tree was withered. So when you start praying and you don't see anything happen with the natural eyes, you don't see it happen, what do we do? We sometimes give up. But God is saying, when you pray, I have put things into motion. I have started a process of doing something that will just blow your mind. Okay? Does that make sense? When you pray, it starts something. But see, the issue is God waits for you and me to pray. But when you pray, He starts moving. He does. I don't understand that. God can do it on His own. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He can do it. He's God. But He's chosen to partner with us. And chart for us to partner with Him also. Mark tells us that the tree dried up from the roots. The moment that Jesus spoke that prayer, things began to happen under the surface here. Things began to happen. Obviously, this is very often the way it works when we pray. The visible evidence of answered prayer usually does not immediately manifest. Usually, that it's a time period, right? It's a time pe period. I've seen a lot of instant manifestations of answered prayer. Have y'all? Certainly. But usually, it's something that begins and God working it. And so don't be discouraged if you don't see that immediate answer to prayer. Now, the question is, will you take God as His word? Faith has got to be accompanied by appropriate actions. Will you believe God? Will you believe no matter what happens? Because many times what happens is we talk ourselves out of the blessing, don't we? We don't see the immediate answer to prayer, so we talk ourselves out of it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Talk yourselves into it. And hang in there and pray. And I give you an example, and I'll close with this. 
that man that preached, uh, Dr. Dar- Dar- uh, Darius Daniels, he, he gave that sermon. And so as I share these things, it spoke to my heart, so I share them. I love to share and the things that touch me. But if you remember in, in the sense of when the Israelites obviously came out of Egypt, they go, yeah, yeah. And then they got in the desert. And they started complaining because they didn't have it. Said the leeks and the onions and the garlic and all that stuff. That didn't sound good to me, but that's what they liked. They were complaining about it. Okay. They got manna, angel food, it could be said. And every day they had a provision every day and they were complaining. And so they continued on and here they go. Here come the, the Egyptians to kill, to kill them. And then remember the story I was sharing with you. And they went around uh, a different way than they thought. Okay. So they thought, here, God has led us out in the desert because he was going to kill them out there or let them die. And it was not for God's purpose at all. And then again, the expression is, I didn't know we were going this way. I didn't know that. And so when they came up against the Red Sea, they were tired. They had been wandering in the desert, okay? And here, as the last thing, they came up against the sea. Like, oh my goodness, how are we going to get across this sea? And so... The illustration that Dr. Daniels brought up the fact was, are you still going to believe? Are you still going to believe God? If you're praying for something right now and you haven't gotten an immediate answer, are you still going to hang in there and believe God? Well, see, what God does, he doesn't always take you from one point to the other, which is the distance, shortest distance from one point. He sometimes takes you around. You didn't know you were going this way. But he heard you, and things started working at that point. And Dr. Daniels made the point. He said, actually, the most significant things happen on the route. What's our route? Life. Our journey called life is our route right now. I'll say it like this. Right now, you're on your route, and things are happening. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Now, I don't know about you. But the things that I face in life, and maybe you could think the same thing, is that sometimes they're not always the best. Maybe it's adversity. Maybe things haven't turned out like what you thought and so forth. But you're on the route. The question is, you're going to believe it? And believe that God is faithful to you even when you're faithless? You're going to pray, continue on when you prayed, just like Jesus did? that God started working and at some point you'll go bam there will be the answer see the lady that I visited with yesterday that went home to be with the Lord she prayed for healing Elgin had too we prayed for Elgin's healing and so she prayed and prayed and prayed and I know that Samson and Elgin they prayed 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 and prayed and prayed and God didn't answer their prayers at exactly the time that they thought he would But you see, the question is, is they did get their prayers answered, both of them. And they're in heaven right now. Will we believe? Or we walk away from it? We cannot, we could certainly wouldn't say that because that's not the Christian thing to do. But the question is, will we down deep in our heart, will this give you strength to say, I'm not going to give up. You're praying for things, right? Will you keep believing? You're on route. You're in the route. Everybody know that? Is that encouraging? You're in the route right now. And God working in your life happens on 
the route that you're on. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Things are happening right now. You heard us when we first cried out for revival. You heard us when you, we asked you, Lord, to pour your spirit out on Lighthouse Fellowship and upon, upon the body of Christ. You heard us then, dear God. And things began to start happening. But, Lord, we haven't seen the fullness of that, what we believe today. But we're not going to stop pr- praying because we still believe. And we know, Lord, we didn't know we were going this way. But we're on route and things are happening. And there may be someone here in this congregation or someone watching that maybe you feel like, wow, my route is tough. And things haven't turned out the way that I thought. And yet, your faith is in Jesus Christ. And He wants you to know, and I just want to tell you, He wants you to know today that He's not disappointed in you. He's not discouraged because sometimes you have not obviously done what He's told you to do. He's not wiped His hands of you. He's not walked away from you. He is working right as we speak. And He's going to get you that place that He would have you to be because of His faithfulness, because of your relationship, because, but ultimately because of who He is. Father, we thank You for that, that real truth. Because, Lord, we get weary We get what's called, as we've mentioned, faith fatigue. And we need our faith strengthened. And we believe you, Lord. We believe you. And we ask you, Lord, to strengthen our faith. Help us, Lord, in this journey. On this route that we're on. And we'll give you the praise. We know you're with us. And we ask you today that you would, even now, in every heart, listening to every heart in this congregation, that prayer would be the most priority in each of our lives, that we pray in that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place this day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God is good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Come back next week. We'll share again uh, the second part of this message, how to pray in faith.